Peace and love, people. Peace and love. I'm back once again. And this is your next episode of Talk With Your Barber. I want to thank you for tuning in to the show. My listeners and clients, followers, friends, and family, I really appreciate the love. Um, I really appreciate people who actually listen to what I have to say on this show. Um, You know, I just... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I've had another great week in the barbershop, of course, and I'm always so excited whenever I get new customers who have been referred to me by one of my existing customers. This just really makes my day. And I can honestly say that I love my job as a barber. So (laughs) with that being said, uh, if you are in the Kennesaw area or the surrounding areas and you need to um, get a fresh haircut, a fresh fade, you know, stop by American Haircuts Kennesaw and see one of our great barbers, I myself included. I am the fade master. (laughs) I like to call myself. Or you can also go on our website to AmericanHaircuts.com. Um, and you choose our Kennesaw location and then you can make your appointment online. That is what I recommend for um, all of my customers um, that you do to avoid, um, you know, the the wait times and just walking into the store and not being able to uh, get in with the barber uh, because we, we, we are now we've been open just a little over a year now and we are definitely um, being booked each day um, between walk-ins and appointments so it's so important to um, try to schedule with us ahead of time so that we can we can get you in Um, as usual I've had some pretty interesting conversations this past week in the barbershop so I'll just share here but before we get into the segment, I just I want to speak briefly on this whole Jesse Smollett case once more, <laughs> and then I'll leave it alone. See, because now it's, it's getting ignorant or, or, or ignorant. <laughs> this man really needs to speak up for himself. You know, Jesse Burrow, please speak out and be upfront to prevent any further confusion. You know, I was listening to the the Reverend Al Sharpton this past weekend, and he made some very valid points um, about this situation as usual. Uh, but he also brought up the fact that the Chicago police is very much capable of fabricating the truth as well. Uh, personally, in this case, you know, in my opinion, I'm not going to question the Chicago police here. OK, mainly because this guy has been indicted and found guilty, which means he has either admitted the truth to the police or there has been evidence and witnesses who have come forth, okay, on his behalf. I'm, I'm really not going to make much more of this thing because it's pretty clear. It's pretty obvious. You know, it was, it was very obvious to me, actually, when I initially heard the story. But because I love Jesse and his work and what he has done, uh, you know, I, I have to support him in some type of way. Um, or, or just, you know, take his side, you know, try at least try to. But I can't condone someone who who who, who just insanely fabricates <laughs> reality. <laughs> I think a lot of times that's what causes a lot of the problems here. The lies that the media tries to get us to believe and, 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 and we, we, we become the truth becomes more distorted here. 
and then which leads to a lot of you know other things that you know people tend to just misunderstand uh like things about racism and homophobia and all these other issues that are that sort of plague this country um i think that by him not speaking out more on this situation is actually hurting him man um i'm sorry you know i watched the interview him with robin robinson on, on good morning america and it really did not sound believable i'm saying jesse uh you know in my in my opinion and i love jesse but this story definitely sounds a bit fabricated here okay at this point i don't think we're gonna get the full truth of the story and, and i'm okay with that i'm okay with that however you know it, it, it it's still very obvious to fans and viewers alike Anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, on to the next trending topic of Donald Trump. Okay, speaking of fabricating the truth. <laughs> now, here he has declared a national emergency at the border in an act to get funding for the completion of a wall um, to create stronger border protection. Okay, that is that is his justification for this wall here to create stronger border protection in that i think that 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 reason is is very much valid okay uh personally though personally a eight billion dollar wall it is it's not necessary however it can be useful in protecting this country but right now you know most americans are, are really opposing this wall and, and like i said for very good reason I think it's, it's, it's in a time like this, you know, Trump has to work with Congress to to resolve this funding issue and just and not be so strung out on a wall to protect the country. Like I said, there are other ways to protect this country. Um, there are other ways to to negotiate this thing here. OK, there this is <laughs> man, you know, but since we 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 operate under the influence of a democracy, you know, it would make more sense to side with the majority on this issue and figure out a better way to tackle this immigration issue of crime and violence. Okay. But whatever, screw it. Just finish the wall. <laughs> Anyhow, on to the, the my next trending topic here: the Oscars, the Oscars, the the the, the ninety first Academy Awards ceremony. Okay, I'm, I'll share my thoughts. You know, um, I thought it was just beautiful. It was awesome. Um, this was actually the first one I actually watched in its entirety. I mean, I, I, I loved it. It was awesome. I loved the Oscars. It was it was great. It was cool. Everybody had their moment. Regina Hall, uh, Lady Gaga uh, loved Barbara Streisand's take on race relations from back then to now from the, the movie Black Klansman. Uh, Spike Lee, man, Spike, give it up for Spike Lee. Spike Lee, in my opinion, had the best speech, of course, within um the the ceremony you know um you know he revelated about the future of this country he gave us black history from its beginning you know oh man spike had the best speech like i said it just it just it his speech touched me <laughs> you know as, as a black american man I, I was i was very moved by spike lee's speech you know um 
you know, the last few Oscar ceremonies I, I really had not watched. Uh, and a lot of the reason is because some of my favorite actors were complaining about how about, about snubs and, and, and not in the and not being black enough, I guess. Um, but this year's Oscar it, it ceremony was was very much indeed. It was colorful. Um, it was very black, beautiful. Uh, and, you know, Black Panther, of course, uh, a, a Marvel uh, film, definitely received the recognition it needed uh, to just really inspire folks and not just black folks, but everyone in this country. So and, and also congrats to uh, the Green Book cast for winning uh, Oscar for Best Picture. This was really what I wanted to see. What movie would win uh, Best Picture? Uh, I just knew it would be <laughs> the, either Black Panther or the Black Klansman. Um, I actually went to see Black Panther when it first came out, and I and I absolutely love this movie. Um, but that but that just goes for any Marvel uh, film. It's I, I, they just make good movies. Um, anyway, um, I think this 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 Oscar ceremony. It, it, you know, like I said, it, it just. It, it was it was just it was awesome. Uh, uh, Jennifer Hudson, uh, she gave a very beautiful performance. Um, the the comedian, uh, I think his name is, is, is Keegan Michael Keegan or whatever his name. I, I like his his interest. It was just it was it was it was very very beautiful to watch, and I I, I enjoyed it. Um, but. Anyhow, um, this past week I was talking with a client and we we kind of got on the subject of cultural diversity, but 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 not specifically. Um, the, the, you know, this topic always interests me because within my career as a pro barber, you know, I've always sort of been the only black guy. Uh, you know, I've always worked in <laughs> in shops where. It was very culturally diverse. So my clients, my clientele, you know, my my my, my clients were, were very different. You know, I, I cut Spanish. Um, I, I see Indian people. I see white people, Caucasian people. I see black people, uh, you know, African-Americans. Uh, I see Americans. Um, and I also see people who are from other countries, Italians and uh, just Australians. And, you know, I see so many different colors that come into my chair <laughs> as, as a as as a as an african-american barber as a american barber a uh, black american barber and um you know it's, it's it always i'm always so eager to learn from other people's cultures and backgrounds and and, and it just helps me to expand and, and like i said and like i've mentioned before just it helps me being in a very diverse uh, uh environment that cultural diversity it, and understanding it and learning from other people and just learning from people who are different from me, it really helps me to uh, 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 get rid of a lot of those uh, biases or, or implicit biases. And, and, and so you, because because I really believe that you, you you don't know what you don't know, you know, and a lot of times uh, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> You know, I, I'm definitely known to be a sort of jokester in in, in the barbershop, but 
But you know, my my client, you know, he asked the question, how did I become, you know, a barber? And, you know, and, and that's what I'm going to share with, with you guys today. I mean, I, clients who, who listen, you know, I gave this story time and time and time again. But, you know, my, my journey to becoming a barber, barbering was something that was already in my life experience before I actually went to school to become a barber. I mean, I was when I, when I was in the military, um, you know, I remember one day going to the, the PX barbershop and they had like this standard haircut that would give you even Stevens or you get the high and tight. I didn't want the high and tight, so I got the even Stevens. And it still was sort of patchy. And I remember going and getting deployed to Iraq in 2000, December of 2003. And, you know, I, I, we didn't have a barber down there. So, um, you know, I was like, I remember one day I just, I, I, I bought some clippers and I just started giving myself the haircut. I started buzzing my own, buzzing my own hair down. And, um, you know, I just, I kind of became like the bar- the barracks barber. Uh, you know, a lot of my, my battle buddies, I started giving them haircuts as well. Just basically the even Stevens haircut, you know. And then when we got back, uh, I, I kind of kept it going. It was a, like a side hobby for me. And I would just kind of cut hair on the side. And I remember cutting my roommate's hair one time. I remember the first time I gave him a fade. And, uh... I didn't know what I was doing. He probably had a fade in in, <laughs> in every corner of his head. <laughs> but but you know he kept coming back, so I kept getting to practice. But this was years before you know I actually went to barber school and became a barber professionally. And so, like I said, this, this skill was something that just came natural to me. And when I when I got out of the military, when my military service was up, was done, you know, I had decided that I would go and, and you know do something regular or basic, like get a corporate job. I got a corporate job working at a Fortune 500 company, and uh, I decided I would go and, and get a degree in, in business management, and I would work uh, for this Fortune Affleck. Uh, I worked there, and I did claims and data entry um, work there, and I, this was an entry-level job. And, you know, that job was, it was not me. Uh, it was not me. And this was me getting out of the military and, and starting over. So I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. I just knew that, okay, this is what most of the people in my uh, environment or in my community were, were doing. This is what most of the young people were doing where they were getting um, jobs at corporate companies and they were uh, moving up the corporate ladder. So I, I kind of followed that and I, and I worked and I, and I slowly started to, you know, move up that corporate ladder. I was there about four years and, you know, into that third year, I, I really realized that I just, I hated the job. It was not me. I, I worked 12, 13 hour days and sometimes on Saturdays and just being so isolated in a cubicle and just staring at screens and being on the phone. It was, it was, it, it definitely was stressful in my opinion and then I started having some issues with PTSD and all that and so I, I you know once, once once you know I began to become more aware of you know a lot of my my issues at home 
or in my personal life, you know, I, I, I knew that it was time for me to start to look for something to do with my life that brought me more happiness and, and fulfillment and, and creativity and joy. And, uh, you know, I remember in 2009, I went to go see my brother and he had cut somebody, given somebody a haircut and it was just fire, fire, fire fade. And I was, I was so inspired by that. And, and that reminded me, it's funny how a lot of times our family can remind us of who we are. And that's kind of what I got from that. My mother, she, she had done hair. My aunt, she was, you know, I used to, she used to always take me with her down to the salon when I was a kid. And, you know, it was just, you know, that creativity, seeing my brother, um, that reminded me of the creativity um, that, that was in me. And I, and, and I remembered back to my military days when I would cut hair. And, and so that's that's what led me, um, you know, to uh, that self-awareness and realizing that I didn't want to work in corporate for the rest of my life. I wanted to do, find a way to be more creative um, in, in, my, in my lifestyle. And I wanted to, you know, really utilize that creativity. So and that's in 2009. That's what happened. I, I left the corporate company and I just turned to barbering full time. And, I, and it was a it was a very it was a very uh, uh, difficult time for me. But in the same sense, it was a very uh, freeing and liberating time for me because, you know, I left that that stability of that that corporate job to the uncertainty of entrepreneurship and just um, um, going into a a very culturally <laughs> diversified uh, uh, sort of experience with dealing with so many different people. Um, the beauty industry is so many people. That's one thing about the beauty industry. People are always going to need something done to their hair. Um, because everybody's not a hair expert. <laughs> and I think what makes you a, a special person as a barber is your ability to be able to cut all different shades, sizes, and colors of people. And that's where that was that was like a reintegration into the cultural side. The military was definitely that definitely I, I, I definitely experienced culture shock by going into the military, by being around so many different people and, and all that. And uh, but when I got into the corporate, that took me away, and I kind of got into you know just being around you know mostly black people and being back in the black community. But then once I went into barbering and I opened myself up. You know, and that's, you know, I have an open mind and, and that has helped me greatly um, in developing myself and developing my relationships is by opening my mind. I remember uh, one day I met this Asian woman from Thailand, Sarah. She was with her daughter, Jessica, and they were at a chicken wing place and, and I was standing behind her. I, you know, I'd never met, seen this lady in, you know, she turns around with her daughter, and I was on my break from the from from. I was my first month in barber school, and I was on break that evening. I was getting getting some food, and when I went to American Deli to get me some wings, and and she turns around, she says, uh, she says, "You barber, you barber." <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, yeah. She said, "Come to my shop, come to my shop." 
you know, and I'm just like looking at her like, come to your shop, <laughs> lady, you barely speak English, you know, but it was, but, you know, I, I, you know, I gave it a shot, you know, I was open to it, you know, because it, just a week prior to that meeting with Sarah, you know, I remember praying, leaving school one day and I prayed to God and I asked God to send me someone who could show me more than what the barber school was teaching me. I wanted, I was very eager to learn more because I felt like in barber school, you, you learn pretty much the basics, the fundamentals. But I was very much eager eager to learn more about being a barber and the skill and the craft of it. And so when I met this lady, you know, I, I, I guess intuitively, I, I knew that this, this was God here sending me or answering my prayer. So let me go and see what this woman <laughs> has, has to show me at her, at her salon. And, uh, you know, like I said, this is my first month in barber school. And so I go over there one Saturday and it's in like this small, like small shop. And it's in this little area where like we called it back home in Columbus, Georgia, we called it Little Mexico because <laughs> it was all like just Spanish Mexican people there. And I remember walking in and, you know, it's all Spanish speak, uh, Mexicans in there and Spanish speaking people. And she, of course, from Thailand, she's speaking broken Spanish and English. <laughs> and, but she's hustling. She, she's got a busy store. And it's packed, you know, and it was it was pretty much only her. She was married to this, you know, Mexican guy, you know, Louis. He, he definitely uh, he made the place beautiful. Um, but she, I remember watching her, and you know, I was just I was kind of got a little bit intimidated because I was like the only black guy in there. And, you know, and so I was like, okay, let me just go ahead. And she said, no, don't leave. You know, watch me, watch me. And so I remember sitting back there, and I watched her cut this Spanish guy's hair and he had this long hair you know and she's doing these layers and she's just you know just making it look so good and you know it was right there I said you know what <laughs> I'm gonna learn this I'm gonna learn this and I'm gonna take this and, and add this to my repertoire my skill set as a barber because I saw the opportunity for me to get out of my comfort zone and to learn something that I didn't know that will help me expand my career as a barber you know, because initially you know I had only just worked in like black barber shops just cutting black people's hair uh, because that's what I was more comfortable with that's what I was more familiar with and going into a Spanish place where everybody spoke Spanish and nobody really spoke good English and you know just kind of being the only black guy in there I was definitely out of my comfort zone there definitely out of my comfort zone there. but I saw the opportunity to, to learn and, and and I saw the opportunity for me to bring that cultural diversity um, to an experience and, 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 and to to help a lot of the Spanish people the Spanish culture to to you know, because there are a lot of Spanish people that I, I came across that were not too particular black, about black people either, especially black men. Um, they were some of them may have had some experiences, and, and and that's one thing. Sometimes people can 
develop these negative perceptions about certain black men if they've had a bad experience with someone who's a black man. Um, you know, and so me, by me coming in as a black man and being nice and kind and being a servant and helping people, that I think that you know gave the impression that all all black men are not gangsters or or, or bad or, or, or negative. You know, and I think that's what I try to bring to 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 any um, like cultural group or or, or any <clears throat> group where there is. Uh, a lot of cultural differences, you know, staying humble and kind is, is, is the way is always the way <laughs> getting rid of the ego and serving others. That's what it's all about. And that's how we can relate well to other people, you know, but I, uh, you know, in that whole experience and just learning, um, getting out of my comfort zone and, and learning how to cut straight hair that brought me, uh, into a a different arena, and you know, I, I like I said, I, I began to to feel more comfortable. In in, in, in the more I worked in those diverse, culturally diverse uh, atmospheres, I began to feel more comfortable uh, with serving others who were different from me, and and it, it also gave me that enthusiasm to to learn. Uh, from people who were different and, and from me, you know, um, and, and after a while, I, I never had any problems with any type of uh, race relation problems or, 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 um, or racism for that matter, because, you know, I, I've always presented myself in, in a very uh, fun and kind way. And a lot of times we, we sort of have these, you know, biases or implicit biases that are already formed <laughs> in our in our minds before we even meet people or interact with people. And, and, and that's what makes it difficult. You know, a lot of times we, we have to get rid of what we've learned or what we th- what we think we know about people and just be open to experiencing something new. Um, because it can bring so much positivity and it's, it's, it's all it, it, racism and all this uh, race relation problems, all that. It's, it's really all in your head. OK, when, when you can get over yourself and just be next to people um, and, and, and learn from people, because we, there's something we can all learn from each other here um, and, and, and just get in the habit of just having morals and values that allow you to uh, make good decisions and choices uh, and to develop a, a, a wholehearted, a well-rounded perception of the world. Um, you can have a better experience with people who are different from you. <laughs> but, you know, that was that was my whole experience. You know, being a barber is, you know, and in my in my in my my, my career as a barber, I've, I've definitely grown a lot because I put myself outside of my community, outside of my comfort zone, uh, you know, and I've learned so much from other people. And I've, I've always been, uh, since about 20, 2012, I've always been a, a franchise type of barber. You know, I've, I've you know, worked, I started off, you know, when I was in barber, I started off in the black barber shop. And then once I met Sarah, I started to go and work um, in the hair salons. And then that just, you know, because the hair salons seemed to be more diverse. 
So I kind of worked in hair salons um, a lot uh, early in my career as a barber. Um, great clips, super cuts. And I worked with all these different big chains. And then I moved to Atlanta and I, I started to, you know, go and work for a lot of these high-end male salons and um, um, 18-8 and went on to, to Roosters Men's Grooming Center. And, you know, I, I, like I said, what I liked about a lot of these big chains is that they were more culturally diverse. And so that gave me an opportunity to learn uh, from people who were different from me and to share um, with people. And I learned a lot about customer service. Um, I learned a lot about retail. Uh, I, I learned so much about professionalism and, and, and it just... Just being a professional, you know, uh, as a barber, because, you know, barbering is, is, is you have the skill, the craft itself as a barber, and then you have the business side of it. And, and, and that entails being able to uh, serve people in, in a professional way um, and, and being able to connect with people, um, not just you know, their hair, their minds and spirits and, and, and being able to make them happy and to give them a service that they'll want to come back in every two weeks, every week and experience with you. Um, and so that's that's what I learned. I learned so much um, with working with uh, in a very diverse, uh, diverse cultural sort of atmosphere. And that's, you know, what makes my job as a as, as a barber so 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 just so interesting um but you have to be open to it you know you definitely have to be open to getting out of your comfort zone and being in a place where you may look weird <laughs> you know uh there and this i was talking with my my customer louis louis man you know he's a puerto rican guy you know he was saying that you know he's been to restaurants where you know, and he's from New York, but he's just moved down south. And but he was saying that to me that he's been places where he's walked in, and you know, it may have been all white people, and, and he kind of got the weird look, <laughs> the weird, you know, kind of experience, and because you're different, you know. And that's just, you know, I've been places where you know black barber shops where a white man walks in, and he kind of looks weird too. <laughs> just because he's different his skin tone is different but we all have the same needs we all need love we all need help we all need service we all there are so many similarities um there that i think we have to uh uh, uh honor you know not just the differences but also the similarities and we have to speak talk more about it and in, 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 in to, you know, uh, um, uphold the similarities, you know, because we know that they're there regardless of the differences that we have. Um, but cultural diversity is so important because in today's time, this this especially in America is it's a big melting pot. It's not just black and white anymore. We have, you know, our schools, our, uh, our, our churches, our, our communities are being filled with people who are from different origins, uh, race, and we have to get along with each other. We have to relate, find a way to relate with each other um, because there's all there's something that we can all learn 
from each other. So, so, so cultural diversity is so important, you know, but I think that you have these sort of groups or it's tribes, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and things that we learn culturally and that, that are not good. You know, um, some, I think racism is something that is, is, is that we learn and, and, and we have to unlearn it. We have to unlearn the, the, the biases that we develop. And a, and a lot of this stuff that happens in our heads, it's just so automatic, okay, that people can, people can feel that, you know, uh, you don't always have to uh, broadcast the fact that you're a racist. People can feel that. Uh, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's important for us to, to continue to develop that, that personal awareness, that self-awareness, and, and, and to have an open mind and to, to stop being so proud, you know, especially with black folks. We, you know, black, black, black people, we, we, we tend to be a proud people as well. But a lot of times that can cause uh, uh, the, the, the the disconnect, the gap, you know, when we're so when we're being too proud of you know our culture or this or where we come from. We're here together. I think that you know we have to start being more open to being uncomfortable with with people who are different from us, and we have to get rid of the fears. Uh, and this and, th- and this is a lot of things that happen in our heads. This is where a lot of things begin in the mind. The, you know, when we when we operate from a place of love, you know, love is 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 not going to be uh, racist. Love is not going to be discriminating. Love is not going to be um, uh, just just you know, just love is not going to be negative. Okay. <laughs> Okay, when we when we operate from a place of fear, that is when we're gonna have all these different biases and negative perceptions that arouse that that make us uncomfortable. But when we operate from emotionally from a place of love, we can have we can have better race relations. Okay, with people, <laughs> we can experience more cultural diversity without conflict. We can experience differences without a, a lot of conflict and, and peace and understanding can prevail <laughs> and we can win all together. This is this is what I believe. This is what I believe. And this is what, you know, this mindset has helped me to <clears throat> get control of my emotions and to have more awareness about how I show up in the relationships that I'm in that that where people are different from me. Okay, my work relationships, my home relationships, I can have relationships with people who are different. But, you know, just like with anything, you know, it it takes time. And, you know, I think that we should continue to uh, work with each other um, and to continue to support your barbers. (laughs) You know, because I think that barbers are some of the most intelligent people uh, on the planet. You know, you, you just talk with them, you know, there's the, especially barbers like myself who who are very open minded and well rounded and can share with you um, unbiased opinions and jokes and laughs. And, you know, that's why I love my job and I, I love people <laughs> and just being able to help and serve people. So 
on that note, I just want I'm going to wrap this show up. Um, but, you know, I want you to if you have any emails or topics of discussions for for the show, please email me at talkwithyourbarber at Gmail dot com. I want to wish everyone peace and love as we move forward into the week. And, you know, wherever you are in your life, find the positive on that note. Peace and love. Peace and love. Until next time. <laughs>